Good morning, Philadelphia. Happy Sunday. Welcome to Willpower. With the first African-American and first woman to hold the register of Will's office in the city of Philadelphia, the Honorable Tracy L. Gordon, a mother, an educator, and community leader. When there's a will, your family keeps the power. This show will set the discourse for your family to plan for the future and extend the family legacy. Call your family and friends and tell them to tune in for a journey into their generational well. And now, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Madam Register, the Honorable Tracy L. Gordon. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I am so excited to be here today, so excited to uh, start uh, my debut here at 107.9, Classic 107.9. I'm so honored uh, to be here. We're going to have uh, uh, a real a whole bunch of information. So I want to make sure you all make sure you have your pencils and pens um, and paper out ready uh, so you can take down this important information. Welcome to my show, Willpower. And always remember, when there's a will, your family keeps the power. So I want to just start off uh, my show with telling you all a little bit about myself. I know many people do know who I am. Um, uh, Tracy L. Gordon, uh, but many of you may not know who I am, and I just think, you know, that you all should get to know the type of person I am and, you know, what we do here at the Register of Wills. So first I want to let everybody know I was born and raised here um, in Philadelphia, PA, um, raised mostly in West Philly, uh, but since been um, residing here in Southwest Philly for over 20 years, and um, I'm a single parent of four grown kids um, and I don't want to say single I, I was actually divorced um, but now single and my kids are all thriving four grown kids uh, my education uh, I, I went uh, to Catholic school parochial school um, all my life I graduated from West Catholic Girls High when it was West Catholic Girls High um, then I had a little hiatus and raised a family and decided to go back to school after a divorce. And I went back to community college, and got an associate's degree uh, from the great community college of Philadelphia here and transferred over to Temple University Fox School of Business where I attained my bachelor's degree in business administration with honors in 1994. And I minored or concentrated in risk management and insurance. And from there... Um, I did a little corporate um, uh, working in claims, uh, but mainly uh, most people know me as the community activist in the city of Philadelphia. Um, I became a community activist after I purchased my first home in southwest Philly because um, I wanted to make sure uh, that not only my children uh, was, be, was able to be raised with a, a quality of life, but my fellow neighbors. So I became a block captain, which I'm proud to say that I've been a block captain for 21 years. I recruited many black captains around my way. And from there, I started to look at the political landscape here in the city of Philadelphia because I felt that the only way that you could get power and resources for your community was to be uh, actively involved in the political landscape. So I ran for the local uh, committee woman, and I started you know, making my rounds and attending meetings and disseminating information uh, 
to everyone that I knew all over the city. I became really famous calling into talk radio. Uh, most people will know me as Tracy from Southwest because back then you would have to identify the area you came from. And by the way, um, if you want to call in and ask any questions, please call our number at 610-538-1131. Again, 610-538-1131. So I'll tell you some little things that you may want to know about me, uh, uh, some some of the lighter things, because we're definitely going to get into uh, my political uh, resume. Um, I'm an avid gardener. Um, I have a master's uh, gardening certification from Penn State. I love the garden. I love to travel. Um, I love to take pictures. Um, I also have a, a, a community economic development certification from the University of Delaware. Um, so that's, you know, one of the things I always wanted to learn is, you know, how do we get resources for our communities? And that's what my claim to fame was is, you know, making sure that, you know, the tax dollars that we all contribute trickle down to our, our communities. And that's when I started getting involved politically because I believe that, you know, if you want to get the pothole fixed, <laughs> if you want to uh, get the tree, <laughs> you know, that is, you know, in your driveway or in your backyard, then you have to um, become Involved, so I became involved, and that's when I started running for office. I ran for several offices before. And many people are saying, you know, why do you always run for office? And I'm like, because I believe I'm qualified, and I believe I can do a good job. So people will know that I ran for city council. I ran for city commissioner. I also served as deputy commissioner for um, voter recruitment um, uh, uh, several years ago. Um, and I was proud to say that I was part of the administration that was involved in uh, the overturning of the voter ID. We did a lot of outreach. And um, so mainly people know me as someone that they can rely on to get information and to disseminate information. And then came the opportunity to run for Register of Wills. And so I took the opportunity to run for Register of Wills, um, and um, I won. I won... Uh, Pretty much in May of 2019, um, I ran, ran and won the Democratic primary uh, with 72,000 votes, 44% of the total votes. And then in November, I ran and won the general election and received over 213,000 votes, 99% of the votes in the general election to become the first African-American or black and first woman to hold the Office of Register Wills and Clerk of Orphans Court in the city of Philadelphia, in the history of Philadelphia. And so I ran and won and took my oath of office. I believe it was January of 5th, January the 5th of, of 2020, 2020. And then three weeks later, the pandemic hit and the entire world shut down. And I was sitting in my house when I received the phone call and they said, hey, register. We just got notice from the mayor, from the governor, that the whole world needs to go home because we had a pandemic uh, 
never before a pandemic centuries. We haven't had a pandemic like this. And I sat and start looking at the news and all you seeing was people dying and people were afraid of dying. And, you know, I was sitting in my uh, house and I was like, you know, <laughs> uh, Tracy, you know, you're going to be judged. <laughs> you got, you have to do something. You're going to have to do something. And so I called my uh, staff uh, that I just met, <laughs> and I called the supervisors and asked them, how could we remain open? How could we take a non-essential office and make it essential? And when I say non-essential or essential, essential offices is like the police couldn't shut down. The firemen couldn't shut down. Ambulance couldn't shut down. The hospital couldn't shut down. So there was people out there that just couldn't shut down uh, uh, because, you know, people were dying. People were getting sick. Uh, people uh, had to be rushed to the hospital. Uh, people were still committing crimes, so we had to have police and law and order. And I thought, well, if people are dying then their families is going to have to get access to our office. And I thought about it. I said, listen, let's think about how we could work remote and virtually. Within three weeks, our office was open and functioning, and we were performing marriages, which, by the way, um, my office also issue marriage licenses, and I'm going to go into the details of what our office do. But within three weeks of a government shutdown, our office was not only marrying people, but we were pro probating the states. We were the only ones in the country, and you can check that out on the New York Times, that was marrying people because Pennsylvania is one of the states that can marry people through, um, uh, what's the marriage? Uh, uh, I'm losing it, losing it, losing it. Com no, not common, not, not common law. What's the, um, the, the, the marriage in common law? I'll get back to that. <laughs> I just lost my training for it. So we were able to marry people, um, virtually, um, because, you know, in this Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, you don't have to have a witness uh, to marry people. Um, and I just lost my train of thought. I apologize for that. We're going to get back to that. So we were able to um, do virtual hearings so people would be able to come in and open their estates because I said that people needed to be able to get access to their estate. And we set it up so for the first time in Philadelphia history, in Pennsylvania history, and probably we were probably the first ones in the country to be able to do virtual hearings um, uh, via Zoom. And we were able to serve people despite the fact that the entire 
city was shut down. My office was open, and we had certain members that would come out the house and be able to get the mail because, remember, the mail never shut down. So because the mail never shut down, we were able to have people mail in, you know, the original wills, and we were able to hold virtual hearings. And right now, Quaker marriage, Quaker marriage, I'm sorry, I just, it just came to my head. The Quaker marriage is a marriage where you don't have to have an officiant. And because the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania uh, still recognizes and honors legally Quaker marriages, we were able to marry close to 500 people, but we had certain criteria, like you had to be an essential worker, you had to have underlining a condition because people was trying to get married because, remember, there's no such thing as common law in the state of Pennsylvania, so you have no legal rights over uh, of anyone, uh, any person's assets. So people was calling to try to get married because they didn't know, you know, my husband is a cop, you know, or my, uh, my fiancé is a cop, you know, and I'm sick. If he gets sick, who's going to be able to legally, legally um, um, represent me in, in an event that I get sick and they have to make some certain decisions? So we were the only uh, uh, county uh, or the only uh, 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 city in the country that began marrying people because of the Quaker marriage. And so I just want to um, let you all know that, you know, I'm proud of my staff of 70 uh, that allowed for us uh, to come together. Yes, thank you. Uh, to come together and do, you know, what I would consider a miracle because it has to take teamwork where we were able to make sure that our office became an essential office and we were able to serve people. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, what my office does. Uh, for those that don't know uh, what the Registry of Wills do uh, here in the city of Philadelphia because many people or most people um, and don't forget, if you have any questions, please call us. Please call us. So I want to tell you all a little bit about what the Register Office, Register Wills Office does and my, my duties as your Register Wills. Our primary goal is to provide quality service. That's the first thing that I wanted to do when I came into office is to make sure that when you came to our office, you was treated with dignity. And that's one thing that I can say that I was proud of because I understand when people come to our office, besides um, being a clerk of orphan's court as well, when you come to uh, get your marriage license, people come during a difficult time. Their their families, you know, just died. And I, the first thing that I wanted to make sure is when they come to that first death or that front desk, that they were treated with dignity. And I'm proud to say that, you know, we have provided quality service. We get so many um, adulations. People send us flowers. People send uh, my staff candy because they, you know, always say that they can't believe that, you know, a government office operates with such dignity. And that was one of the, my, that was my priority. Um, so for most people that don't know, um, we're a state agency and we fall under the first judicial district of Pennsylvania. And our mission, our sole mission is to preside over the protection of your generational wealth. Um, when you come to our office, you come to get wills validated. 
through a probate process. You come to pay inheritance taxes. We're just a collection agency. You also come, again, to probate your estate, which means you come to open the estate so we can prove the will. Um, I also assign executive privileges when people don't leave a will, and we're going to talk about that, um, that I have to assign the administrator, uh, the person that's going to take care of the business of the estate. Um, we issued a short certificate. That's the certificate that you need to take to get access to the access, access to the assets. Many people believe that there is an automatic transfer of wealth. There is not an automatic transfer of wealth. You do not automatically inherit your mother's house, your father's house, your mother's uh, uh, stocks and bonds. You do not. It's not an automatic transfer of wealth. There is legal paperwork that you have to file in order to get access. And many people uh, in our city of Philadelphia die without leaving wills, uh, and 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 they. Family is confused about it and because they believe that I only have one child or I don't have anything. People don't believe that they have assets. Assets aren't just houses, cars, jewelry, stocks and bonds, bank accounts. Assets are minor children. Um, uh, if you have any children under 18, you need to make a will. So you decide or determine who you want to uh, uh, be guardians over your children and when they are, when you want them to be able to receive any monies that you want to leave or disabled children, you know. Uh, somebody's going to have to take care of disabled children for the rest of their lives. So most of the people that didn't know that, they just think, hey, I only have a house, I only have a car, I don't have much, uh, I only have a little bit of money in the bank or, uh, you know, I don't have much to leave and then they die without the will, and then their families are, are, are uh, uh, go to the bank, and the bank tell them, hey, you need to go to the register of wills. And they're confused, like, the register of what? Uh, I'm, I'm the next again. My mother left me as power of attorney. People don't realize um, power of attorney ceases once you die. So once you die, the person has no legal rights to any of your things. They have no legal rights to go to the bank and withdraw money. They have no legal rights to go to the recorder deeds to change the name that's in, that, say, for instance, there's a house that, that is in, in, in your mother's name. And you say, for instance, you're the only child, or maybe it's you and your brother, that you think you automatically inherit the house when they die. Well, you may, uh, uh, you may, you may have legal acts, uh, 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 legal access to the house, but you don't automatically inherit it. You have to come down to my office. So that's what I did. I start educating people about the process. So I created an outreach uh, department, and we start going out everywhere. Uh, and we couldn't go out first because, remember, it was the pandemic. And so we were one of the first government agencies that – started Zoom education. We have thousands of uh, 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 pre-recorded Zoom um, um, uh, podcasts that we did. Um, you can follow us on um, any social media. If you go on um, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, uh, we have information that we start disseminating and holding meetings and start 
you know, because everything was closed down. We couldn't get out. So we started uh, creating a uniform message to educate uh, uh, the citizens of Philadelphia about what my office did. Uh, we created a, a virtual service for marriage licenses. Remember the emergency probate. Um, we start, uh, again, I told you we were the only ones in uh, the country that was marrying people through the Quaker marriage. Luckily, Pennsylvania is one of the states that still honors Quakers' marriage. Um, we started a Plan, Prepare, Protect uh, virtual uh, campaign where we would come out and educate people uh, virtually, uh, and now we go out, uh, we educated everybody. And one of the first things that I did was I created a curriculum where we educated every city council person, every state representative, every state senator, every congressperson. We educated their entire staff so they would understand when their constituents came to them or come to them, they understand exactly what we do at our office. We also created a program to help people um, get out of the tangled titles. So most people know me as, you know, the person that, you know, talks about the tangled titles. And those are uh, uh, t uh, tangled titles are when uh, people are living in houses that are still in dead people's name because when the person who owned the house or the property died, they didn't come down to our office to open the estate so they can get the necessary paperwork. Okay, so we do have somebody online. Um, all right, so we're going to take this call. Nick from Southwest Philly. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine. How are you today? Thank you for calling I, in. I, I, I just had a question. I, I noticed that you um, just give out information all over. Everywhere I go, I see your information all over the city. And I never knew anything about the registered wells office until I start going to these community events and I seen your table. Is that something that 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 you brought to the office or is, is the office always had outreach and no. information that like that? No, that this this office, the registered wills never had outreach. And that's the reason why we're sitting in so many tangled titles um in the city of Philadelphia. Um, my background has been outreach, so I knew that that was one of the things that I wanted to incorporate because I feel that, you know, uh, I don't believe the this, this phrase ignorance of the law is no excuse. I believe that as a public servant, because you all pay my tax dollars, as a public servant, it is my responsibility to educate you all on how to protect your generational wealth. And so many people just really never heard of the office, and they don't hear of the office until somebody dies. And that's not the time to hear about our office. So many people are dying without wills, and we're going to talk about that in the coming weeks, about the importance of wills. Um, and I want to thank you for acknowledging that uh, because that was the first thing I did was to create outreach and we created it virtually during the pandemic, and now we're everywhere. Well, I certainly learned a lot, and I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for the call. Congrats. That was Nick from Southwest Philadelphia, and I love that acknowledgement because that was one of the things that I seen as uh, a community organizer because a lot of times people was like, well, she's not a lawyer. Well, that's not one of the requirements of a register of wills. You just have to get a 1,000 signatures. And uh, uh, make sure you get on the ballot. You don't have to be an attorney, and I'm not an attorney. 
So I just want to uh, disclose of that. But I think my power came in that I was not only a community activist, but I also had years of experience of community outreach. And I brought that talent to the office, which is, you know, which which made the office become more visible and has helped people. And I know for a fact it's helped people because prior to me coming, again, I tell you, we are a collection agent for the inheritance tax. And during the government shutdown, normally uh, we would send $65,000 in inheritance tax to Harrisburg. But during my tenure, during when the entire uh, 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 the shutdown, we sent $90 million to uh, the state of Harrisburg in inheritance taxes. Also, um, just last year, we sent um, $101 million. So we went from sending Harrisburg 60 to now uh, six, uh, uh, $100, uh, $100 million to the state. So that means people have gotten the message about uh, the tangled titles. Um, I just wanted to also, you know, I know we're getting ready to uh, close. Uh, I wanted to... Um, bring up uh, a case that just was recently in the news. Um, I know you all heard uh, that Aretha Franklin, there were some problems with her estate. And I always tell people make a will. And you don't make a will when you're good and old. You make a will when you, you when you get an asset. You don't make a will when, you, when you're dying in bed and, you know, somebody's pressuring you to make a will. You make a will. You can make a will at the age of 18. So get your children used to, making wills at 18 and above. Um, but I wanted to talk about the Reefer Franklin case. Um, it was a five-year fight. And I, I don't believe that um, uh, she had any intention of uh, uh, her children fighting, but she knew that she needed to make a will. It was two wills. It was a 2010 will, it was a 2014 will. Uh, the 2010 will was locked in the closet, and it was a 2014 will that they found that was in the couch. And that was the one that uh, a jury um, validated as uh, in the state of uh, uh, Michigan, you know, uh, a hand, handwritten holographic will um, uh, is valid. So you can write your will or you can do it formally, have someone type it or go to an attorney. Um, but she didn't leave that uh, formal will. And, it's, you know, it's cost her family uh, and estate money because you have to hire attorneys. And I always tell people when you leave a will, um, you know, you take the power. And that's why we, you know, use the quote, when there's a will, your family keeps the power. So it's no fighting. And I always tell people to make the will and consult with an attorney. Um, it's, it's less costly to your family. And um, they don't fight. And, you know, I, I sit in as serve as a, a judge when people come in and they're fighting and fighting, and I, I, I know for a fact that people do not uh, understand uh, the detriment they cause their family when they don't leave the will and they take that power away. And, and the, the kids come in and they're fighting and then they're not speaking when simply, you know, you could create the will and, and, and make sure that, you know, the self-proven affidavit, make sure you had to, you know, you go to an attorney and make sure the attorney... Um, uh, you know, help helps you with the will. Um, they're telling me that uh, we're getting ready to close. I just um, so happy that I'm going to be on every Sunday at 7:30 in the morning, um, and we're going to talk about um, certain topics next week. 
We're going to talk more about the importance of a will and the eight components of a will. We're going to teach you how to uh, write your own will. Um, we're going to talk about the probate process. We're going to bring in guests to talk about the free legal support to help you make the wills. We're going to talk about the repercussions when you don't make a will. Um, and we're going to talk about a lot of other things. Um, thank you all for uh, joining us. Um, you know, 30 minutes, uh, I mean, it's a lot to talk about um, in 30 minutes, but I just wanted you all to uh, tune in next week so we're going to start getting down to the business of the importance of making will. Again, my name is Tracy Gordon. I'm the Register of Wills here on Classic 107.9. Have a good day, and always remember, when there's a will, your family keeps the power. Thanks for listening to Willpower with the Honorable Tracy L. Gordon. Be sure to tune in every Sunday at 7.30 a.m. on Classics 107.9.